In today's episode, we interview Mary Bruno and Emily Frazee, co-founders of FAMBASE, a fertility awareness database where science and real life intersect. We talk about natural family planning and fertility awareness education and why we need to be having raw and real conversations about these issues. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to another episode of Life Beyond the Chariot. Today is a very special episode. We have a full house here in our Zoom room. (laughs) We are interviewing Emily Frazee and Mary Bruno from FAMBASE. And if you don't know what FAMBASE is, we're going to break that open for you in this episode. So NFP is our jam over here at Life Beyond the Chariot. We've had several episodes this year um, talking about fertility awareness. And FAMBASE is a resource that we're really excited to share with not only people of our diocese, but everybody. Everybody needs to know about this. So um, actually, Emily, I'm going to let you tell us what FAMBASE is instead of me just reading it because you're one of the co-creators. <laughs> so go for it, girl. This feels like a bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so FAMBASE is uh, the fertility awareness database where science and real life intersects. So uh, my partner, Mary and I, uh, both in our different platforms, her on Taking Back the Terms, me on Total Wine, started to kind of uncover this need uh, for those who practice fertility awareness on all ends of the fertility spectrum and everything in between for solidarity. And, you know, a lot of people struggle with this lifestyle for a lot of very different reasons, and there's very little space to talk about it. And that creating the space to say, Hey, you know what? It's not always peaches and cream and that's okay. Let's, let's have a space where we can talk about it, but also give you the practical resources that you need. If, for example, you need to make a method switch or find a new instructor or figure out how to get started because, you know, you got started by reading a book and that didn't work and you don't know why. Um, So answering all these questions about what is fertility awareness, how you get started, how you find the right method for you, what it means to actually practice it, what it looks like in real life, and then what to happens, what to do when real life gets a little messy. So as it inevitably, yeah, I can't talk as it inevitably does. There we go. So that is fan base in a nutshell. There we go. Sorry. We're going to play with the mute button because we're going to be giggling a lot. We, we figure on this episode and Emily, you've been on the podcast before. We know a little bit about you with Total Wine and previous episodes, um, but I'm going to jump to Mary real quick because this is a she's a new face on the <laughs> podcast. But Mary, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and taking back the terms and yeah, your yeah. role with FanBase? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, my name is Mary, as you said. I've been married to my husband, Chris, for almost nine years now. I was diagnosed, it took me about 12 years to be diagnosed with endometriosis. So I experienced 
um, a lot of women's health symptoms like pain, heavy bleeding, things like that, that really affected my life. And I didn't discover like the full range of benefits of fertility awareness until after I was diagnosed. And had I understood that that medical component that um, various methods offer, I would have been diagnosed much sooner. So it just blows my mind, even growing up in the Catholic church, where a lot of the, um, the method creators um, you know, find a rich foundation in their Catholic faith, yet I was completely unaware of it. So, so that's what inspired me to start taking back the terms. I wanted to bring that educational component to young women. Um, what is a normal cycle? What is not a normal cycle? Um, what are my alternatives to birth control? What is restorative reproductive medicine? And finding care efficiently. Um, so I ultimately became infertile. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think one of the reasons why is because of having such a late diagnosis. So there's that, that medical and physical component that I experienced, but also a very emotional and spiritual one as well as a Catholic woman who became infertile because I grew up in this church feeling very isolated because everything was so focused on having children. Um, and a lot of it was unintended, just unintended consequences of, of, of not, you know, of not having, being able to procreate in that way. Um, but that's why I fell that much harder. I think it took me a really long time to discover my worth as a woman, my dignity and the way that God has created me, the gifts, the purposes that he has given me, even though I can't have children. Um, and I found a lot of joy in that despite infertility. So Emily and I having uh, different fertility backgrounds really connected over our, these different backgrounds. Surprisingly, it was always really hard for me to connect with fertile women, especially fertile Catholic women. But Emily saw me and she was one of the few people who did that. And we formed a really beautiful friendship from that ultimately formed, you know, co-founded fan base really seeing the value in these differences, not only in the practical aspects that Emily just described, but on a relational level, a spiritual level, like how do we see each other? How do we really um, be vulnerable with each other and put ourselves in another person's pain? Because that's where real growth happens. So um, my husband and I adopted a little girl. She's five years old now. We adopted her on the day she was born and we're in the process of adopting again. So again, somehow God's plan, you know, it's always better than ours. So we've been really blessed despite uh, things not working out as we thought they might. Oh, as you're, as you're talking, Mary, I can relate to your story. We struggled for, with infertility, um, for nine years. Like I, I thought everything with me was fine. Um, and like you said, I had painful periods and, and signs of endometriosis, but no one ever told me that until we were having problems conceiving. And that's when we were going to a napro doctor, but really the, the purpose was to try to have a child. Um, but I had gone to other OBGYNs to sort of explore why we couldn't conceive. And it's almost as if they brushed endometriosis under the table, like uh, something you have, but, um, but it was either, well, you either have to do like in vitro to get pregnant, um, or take birth control for the pain. And so you choose, and that was a really tough place to be. And I love that, um, that you're trying to bring the education to people just about like fertility health and like identifying those things early on. Uh, so I'm just like, I'm just resonating with, with your story and congratulations on the adoption. That's awesome. 
Thank you so much. Appreciate it. What I love about the both of you and we will put links to all the things in the show notes, but if you follow Emily and Mary and individually on um, Instagram, you will get some hot takes on so many different things. Um, but what I really appreciate about the both of you is one, your authenticity and um, embracing that vulnerability and sharing your stories because you do have very different experiences with NFP and fertility awareness. And there's so many women that I think are besides like trying to find a method or trying to find a teacher or, but just the lived experience of being a Catholic woman and what that looks like today, that can be real. It can be frustrating and it can be isolating. And what I love what y'all are doing is just like bring everybody to the table and that everybody has a voice that matters. So to that end, I tip my hat to the both of you. Same. Um, and like, I know, um, uh, with our audience and who's listening, like if you had to sort of grab their attention, like, okay, why should women and men, I really think everyone needs to be re-educated on fertility awareness, like sell it to us. Like, why should this be taken seriously as a part of every woman's life married or not infertile or super fertile, or if kids aren't even on the mind, like why, why fertility awareness in the way that you guys present it? Yeah, I'll take this one. <laughs> um, so I started doing coaching right after we started fan base. And so I talk with women in a very intimate space about where the science of this meets real life. And um, I've talked with women who are single, maybe they're dating, maybe they're discerning marriage or maybe not, um, postpartum um, and, you know, premenopausal, perimenopausal. And across the board, everybody says the same thing. Why didn't I know this sooner? Every single woman says the same thing. If only I had known this sooner, I wouldn't be dealing with, you know, struggling through whatever it is, whether it's understanding your fertility or the practice of it. <clears throat> if they had known this sooner, something in their life could have been better is basically the conclusion. And the fact of the matter is it can be taught sooner. It can be taught as soon as young girls start puberty and it should be taught as soon as young girls start puberty. So if you look at our website, you'll probably notice that we have these very vibrant colors and it's like, what is that about? Um, it was very uh, specific for Mary and I because uh, blue and orange um, are the most prominent colors there. Uh, but they are the most prominent colors in the sky at both sunrise and sunset. So that symbolizes, you know, that this is information for women from puberty to menopause. Um, but also their complementary colors on the color wheel. I have like an artsy architecture background, so I'm all about that. Um, and Mary and I, we are opposite personality wise and with our fertility stories. And so we were like, but, but all of these differences come together in such a way that we are able to kind of play up these different stories to highlight, like Deanna was saying, we can bring everybody to the table. Everybody has something to contribute and everybody has something to learn. Everybody has something to learn. You know, I talk about on my platform, how within Catholic circles, we, um, 
we do kind of have this emphasis on get married, make babies, you know, kind of like the Mr. Portocolis pitch for those of us who have seen my big fat Greek wedding. And it's like, okay, great. But what about the people who have discerned that they shouldn't have more kids or the women who can't have more kids or the men who can't have more kids? You know, Mickey, what you were talking about, like men need to be in this conversation as well, in large part, because when they get married, they need to understand that unless they have male factor infertility, they're fertile all the time. The reason why we don't chart men's cycles is because they're basically a 24 hour cycle They're fertile all the time. But then further than that, um, if there is male factor infertility, especially as Catholics, where do we go? Because testing for male factor infertility is about testing sperm. Well, how do we get a sperm sample in a licit way? Whoops. You know, that these are not easily accessible resources and conversations that people are willing to have. And so... That's what it's about is that in for most of our past or whatever, these have been very uncomfortable conversations, conversations that you just don't bring up in polite circles. And why, why there is a time and there is a place to have these conversations and we need to be having them. Mothers need to be talking to their daughters. Hey, Let's start, you know, let's get like a physical calendar and start putting stickers. Let's just make you aware of what your body's doing and let's start small and let's understand that extremely painful periods and extremely heavy periods and PMS symptoms that interfere with your life are common, but they're not normal. And what do you do when that's what you have to deal with? You know, you go to your OBGYN, you get prescribed birth control. That's what you go in. That's what you go in for. That's what you come out with. Right. And so I know that a lot of women that I talk to who are faithful Catholics have used birth control for the vast majority of their life for health reasons. Why this needs to stop, you know, because then Mickey and Mary, this is the result is that we could have addressed this problem sooner in a holistic way, in a truly Catholic way. One that recognizes the worth and the dignity of the whole person and the beautiful way that God designed our bodies to be so wonderfully interconnected and to recognize this fertility awareness as a tool to say, I am going to treat you as an individual, not as, you know, this, you come into my office and you walk out with this one size fits all pill. No, I'm going to treat you as a person. Like that is truly Catholic care. And fundamentally, that is what fertility awareness opens the door to. And that, you know, the medical side of things, we got got some work to do there. That's not my problem. My problem is I want to arm women with the ability to advocate for themselves. And that's what Mary wants to do too. Give them the information to go into their doctor's office. And when they see that chart on the wall that says that, you know, fertility awareness is only 75% effective at preventing pregnancy, it's like, well, you're talking typical use for the rhythm method, which I don't know anybody who actually practices a method of fertility awareness. I didn't even know how the rhythm method worked until I think like within the last year, my mom explained it to me. And I was like, oh, well, no wonder why that doesn't work because it treats fertility as static. And we know it's not static. 
anyway, um, I know I rambled there for a while, um, but I think I answered your question. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to add to, if you think about it, we have two options for both family planning and treating uh, medical issues. There's birth control and there's fertility awareness, but our culture has been saturated with only one of them. No matter what your faith background is, no matter what your age is, most people just know about birth control, but they don't know anything about birth control. <laughs> it's really fascinating if you think about the amount of, you know, the lack of information and that we have about it. Most women just know I put the pill in my mouth and something happens to my cycle. Um, you know, it, it goes, I stop bleeding and I don't really feel these symptoms anymore. Maybe I have these other symptoms and that's it. So how are we supposed to make like empowered, informed decisions if we don't have all the information? You know, so it, it really boggles my mind. So, so we're here and we're not here to like pressure anybody um, to use fertility awareness or not to use birth control. We just want, we want to present, present accurate information to help you make an empowered decision. So we're explaining what birth control does to the woman's body, what it doesn't do, you know, um, one of the reasons we have late diagnosis diagnoses is because of birth control is because women go so long, just shutting the system down, turning the symptoms off. Nobody looked into what was causing the symptoms in the first place. So a woman gets off birth control, um, to try to get pregnant and all of a sudden now she's much older and now we're trying to, to find a, um, the root of the problem and address it. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Not to mention the, the effects birth control has on a relationship. Talking about men being involved, like uh, birth control changes women emotionally. It changes their libidos, you know, and, and they're probably not even aware of it. Something so interesting on our user database, which is one of the features of our website where, where women and couples can go to find a method that fits them best is we've taken about 80 different surveys from different women from across all different reproductive backgrounds using various different methods. So you get a really good snapshot of just about any kind of situation. And I was reading through one of, uh, one of them um, and it was a woman who was on birth control for a while, got off, started using fertility awareness. And she figured out that the amount of time she was having intercourse was actually the same because she didn't have a libido. She didn't have a desire to have sex when she was on birth control. And now abstinence is in the picture with fertility awareness, but she has all these other benefits. So it's just, when you look at it, practically speaking, most people, most women don't want to be on birth control. They don't, they just don't know that they have options period. And so that's what Emily and I want to bring to the table. We want to bring real educational, authentic, raw experiences to, to give women this information. And we were just chatting about what's the, the statistic, Emily, it's like three to 5%, two to 5%, of, two to 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5% is being extremely generous. Yeah. Of Catholics who actually use NFP. I mean, it, it's fascinating. And, and Emily I, and I don't have research to back this other part up, up but we were curious to know how many secular people use fertility awareness. And we just kind of imagine it's probably growing or higher because although this is very much um, a part of the Catholic conversation, this is a part of our Catholic faith. It's also very much just for women. It, it, it has everything to do with Catholicism, but it also has nothing to do with it. It's just good. It's just healthy for women. And so we want to celebrate that and talk about that because 
it's, it's, it's effect. It's helpful for Catholics to know, I think that this is just something that's good for health. It's not just something that Catholics use morally speaking. It's just good if you're human. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we're all about promoting the human person as Catholics. We believe in the body soul and I mean, if anything is pro woman, it's this like offering women an alternative to something that's not even good for them in the first place. And it's interesting. I, I feel like as we are working with engaged couples in our diocese, um, and I think it's happening in the secular world too, like you were saying, Mary, is that people are waking up to the fact that birth control is not what's best for my body. And we're having, we have organic chicken and hormone-free milk and all of the stuff, but like when it comes to the fundamental thing that like the thing that, that makes women who they are, um, like understanding how their bodies work, like every woman deserves to know how, how their bodies work. Like it's a basic thing. And you think that we'd, we'd all be on the same page with that. Um, I'm, I've got your website over here to, to the side and it's just, it is beautifully done. It is beautifully done. You guys have done such an amazing job and we're going to put this over on the St. Philip Institute family life page as well. Um, but it seems like this sh- should have existed from the beginning of, <laughs> of NFP being a thing because you just, you bring so many different things to the table and maybe you can walk us through that a little bit more. Cause it seems like, you know, what you can find here is as, a, as opposed to just going to one methods website, like just going to the Creighton website or just going to Billings or Symptothermal, whatever, is you're bringing everybody to the table and actually helping women find the method that works best for them. Um, But yeah, can you break that open a little bit more for us? Absolutely. Um, So basically, and Mary probably said this, but um, I cut out, but we want women to have fully informed consent which is something that they do not get when they go into the doctor's office and when walk out with a birth control prescription because they don't know what it does to their bodies. And I've talked to women who are pro-life, who are not Catholic, who are on birth control. And I, I sat in the room like on a podcast episode while the woman basically like said out loud, I probably aborted some of my children, you know, women do not have fully informed consent. And the reason why she found that out is because she was doing research for a congressional bill while she worked in Congress. And that's when she discovered it. And so, you know, like that's, it's so dehumanizing to a woman to say, I don't really care about you. It's just don't make a baby. That's all we care about. And it's so, it's so dehumanizing. Um, so anyway, so what do we offer? Um, (laughs) so basically you're right. Like we brought everything to the table. We have a whole page talking about how hormonal birth control works. Um, but there's two kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like hindrances to accessibility with fertility awareness. Number one, all of a sudden you find out, well, okay, there's more than one method. Well, how many methods are there? oh my gosh, there's a ton. Now, which one do I pick and how do I make that choice? It's overwhelming because this world for most people doesn't exist. It's just the rhythm method and that's it. And then all of a sudden you realize that's not what it is. And this whole world opens up and you're like, 
okay, I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose. Can we put like a little dampener on this and like make it manageable? And so that's what we've attempted to do. And we've done it in a couple of different ways. So the first thing that we do is on the page, what is fertility awareness? We break down what your biomarkers are and how they work. We break down some of the vocabulary, like what's the difference between NFP and FAM and FABM? Because once you get into this world, there's this whole new language. You're just like, I don't know what any of this means. Um, What's a symptohormonal method versus a mucus only method? I don't understand. This is all language. I have no idea what it means. Um, So we go through that on the what is fertility awareness page. We also break down the statistics and um, statistics of effectiveness. One of the things that I would love to draw everyone's attention to on that is we compare perfect and typical use, which you have to do with um, medical studies. Uh, And what is most fascinating is typical use for the hormonal birth control pill is uh, probably three or four points less than typical use for fertility awareness methods. Just want to point that out. And, uh, you know, perfect use for the pill is 99.7%, but typical use is 91. If there is a large disparity between those two numbers, that means that the, um, the treatment was difficult to implement. That's what that means in medical studies. Just want to point that out. Anyway, um, moving on. So we also have a user database and this is one of the features that we're probably most excited about. I'm going to let Mary talk about that, but I want to touch on one more thing. Uh, the method overviews page, we go through and we break down what a symptohormonal method is, what a symptothermal method and a mucus only method, and then which, which methods are available under those categories, what biomarkers they track, how their instructors are trained. We also have a feature on there that describes the charter who loves that particular method. Um, and then we also have links to where you can purchase all of the materials that you need to practice each different method. Um, so if you need to know what the pricing is or so on, that's going to be updated in real time. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Mary to talk about our user database because it's kind of our most exciting feature. It is. Yeah. So the user database was something I was talking about a little bit earlier. So I'll just break that open a little bit more, but basically we created this really cool questionnaire and we, we submitted, like we, we put it on social media. We, we made it available for any woman. Basically, we were just trying to get as many people as possible to fill this out. So we got nearly 80 women to complete it. The types of questions that we asked are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what effects has fertility awareness had on has on has it had on your relationship? How'd you find your instructor, your daily charting routine? So you really get to know the woman here and how fertility awareness and even sometimes birth control has has a very specific impact on her life. Um, the coolest part about this section of the website is that it's searchable. You can filter out different um, situations or reproductive backgrounds or or just different things about you're in your the person or the couple to find uh, to narrow down to the people who basically look like you and so you can kind of get an idea of how it worked to practice a certain method with the, within a certain situation in their lives and say well maybe you know this is something i identify with this is something that um, i think will work for me so it's very much giving that real life experience 
that you don't get when you're just comparing methods. So that's what we say. We have two different ways that you can find the method that works for you. The method overview breaks down each method like Emily was just explaining, but the user database gives you an insight into that woman's actual real life experience. When Emily and I were talking about it the other day, I found like it was a really good way to explain it, that this is like, and this is raw, like blogs you see are polished, they're edited. These are not edited. This is very much going to give you like you're sitting at her coffee table and she is just like, this is the real deal. You're going to hear things like, I hate fertility awareness, but like, this is what I need in my life. Like, it's just authentic. And so what I love and was not expecting about this part of the website is that not only will it help you to find the right method, but it really helps you to feel connected. It really is a good lesson in solidarity. And just like, yes, I get it. Like, whether I'm experiencing what this, these women are or not. And that, again, is what's so important and valuable that Emily and I realized just, you know, getting to know somebody else's experience, whether they're like us or not. Do you want to add anything, Emily, to the user database? Yeah, just kind of building off of that principle of solidarity, which we very much embrace as Catholics. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I was listening to a podcast uh, from a, a psychologist and he or a therapist, and he was talking about how <clears throat> basically that sense of community that's created through sharing our stories actually does something to our brains. It changes the way that our brain, like literally on a physical level, it changes our brains. And so this, this need for, we are so fundamentally wired for community. And this is such a beautiful, it's such a, it's a difficult place to find community because it is so, it's so intimate. It is the most intimate part of who we are. Um, that's something that I hear in my coaching sessions all the time. I don't have any friends who I feel like I can open up to about this on the level that I want to do with you. I hear that over and over and over again. And these are not women who don't have friends. They have friends, but they don't have people who they feel comfortable opening up to about this in this way because they fear being judged. They fear being fixed when all they want is to be heard. There is something so powerful that happens to us when we are heard and not because we're being offered to be fixed or, you know, let me solve this problem for you. Which from the, I, I found in, you know, when I kind of think about myself, when I do that with people, it's because of my own discomfort. I'm like, what you're telling me is very painful and very uncomfortable. I want to fix it. So it'll, it'll go away, but sitting with that person. And I think the most beautiful illustration of that is on the cross, right? Wh who were the people who were supporting Jesus the most on Calvary, Mary, John, you know, and the other Marys. And what were they doing? nothing. They were just there with him. And there's just something about being with people in their struggle, whether it is as gruesome as a crucifixion or, you know, just a mild inconvenience, it doesn't matter. But the power of listening and of knowing you're not alone in whatever you're going through, not that somebody else is going through the same thing or going through it with you, but just that they're there and that you're not by yourself is so powerful. And that's one of the things that we're tapping into with the user database and what we hope to tap into in other ways as well. I'm just, I think this is so great. And it's one of those things that I wish would have been there 
you know, long ago. And I think, I think moms like don't know how to talk to their daughters about this. I don't even think moms know, like, or women know, when should I start focusing on like fertility awareness? And, um, cause I think for me, it's like one of those things that, well, you start your period and this is just, that's, that's your fertility awareness. You know, when you started, when your last period was and, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, only when we were struggling with infertility and I started learning about biomarkers and, and really these signs and what my body means. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Um, and it's kind of scoffed at, I think in mainstream medicine, like, uh, I had amazing doctors, um, in Sugarland. They were phenomenal. And I was sold on it. I was like, why has this not been something that has been out there? And so I can't, I could not be more grateful for the work that you guys are doing. Um, and, you know, I hope moms share this and I hope they start talking to their daughters and um, exploring it. But, you know, I would say that it requires like going on the website and doing research. Like, yeah. I think a lot of times we want like a quick fix. Um, just tell me what to do. Um, and I love that you guys are at a place where you can offer coaching that, uh, cause I've, I've never seen anything like that, you know, um, on like which method to choose or what to be focused on, um, or what to look at, um, and how it relates to your personal experience and where you are. And so I'm just, um, yeah, just grateful that this resource is there, but it does require work. And I think people need to understand that this is important. Like, this is not something that we should wait to do. Like we are women this is something we're going to experience. Like you said, sun, sunrise to sunset, um, that we need to know how it works, how it affects our bodies, how it affects our relationships. And so. Nikki, such an important point you just made about like, and it it just shows the difference between birth control and fertility awareness. It is a lifestyle change. Whereas birth control is just a pop. It's pretty, pretty simple. If you think about it that way, Um, but fertility awareness is fundamentally different and we're not shying away from being honest with that. That's what's so important. And that's why a lot of people I think stop using it is because they didn't, they didn't, there weren't healthy expectations set for them, but you're right. It takes going in. Yes. Emily is perfect. This is like, this is what I've learned from Emily, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Cause I had a very different experience like you, Mickey, like I needed it for the health reasons, but Emily's taught me this, but I just want to add spend some time on the website if you can, because Emily and I are not the only ones doing this important work. There's lots of people. And that's the beauty of it is that we're going to connect differently with the, with different ways that other people, you know, share this information and we're all doing it in our own unique, but beautiful way. So make sure you look at our external resources section under the resources, because we have books, general websites. We have how to find a restorative reproductive medicine doctor who doesn't prescribe birth control or refer for IVF, pelvic floor physical therapy, counseling, teen programs, nutritionists, sexual health podcasts, you know, and, and infertility awareness too. So you can come to our website and, and then even, you know, go on your own exploration adventure from our website with all these different topics. Oh, I love that. I love so many things about this conversation, (laughs) but I love that we're talking about fertility awareness and it's not NFP awareness week. Um, (laughs) a big win. I love that. I, I, I just, I love what y'all are doing and the fact that it's all there and for any diocesan leaders, parish leaders, priests, um, I'm going to be sharing this with the priests of our diocese. 
um, that this is something that could be so helpful to so many different people in different walks of life. And it just, you guys have captured so much and that this is just the beginning. I mean, you launched your website on October 15th. Um, ah, I am thrilled. I mean, just as someone who is very passionate about NFP, very comfortable talking about cervical mucus with priests and seminarians and whoever else is around. Um, but knowing the the questions and the concerns that even our engaged couples and that NFP and fertility awareness is not just for engaged couples, but this is for all women. This is for all um, married couples to um, to really embrace. I'm, I am so grateful um, for the work that y'all are doing. And we could probably talk for another hour <laughs> about the, and then this will not be the last conversation that we have with you guys. Um, but is there anything else just as we wrap up, um, that you would really want to encourage people with, or for the woman who is either struggling to find a method or struggling to find community when it comes to her fertility awareness choices or, or whatnot, what, what do you want to say? <laughs> Be curious. That's what I always tell people. Be curious. Um, this is not going to be easy. Mm. It's, it, it, it is not something that is above your ability to comprehend, but it is not going to be easy. You will hit roadblocks that may surprise you that maybe you didn't expect. Um, and maybe the things that you did expect to be roadblocks won't be, who knows? Um, I know that that's kind of, I think both for Mary and I, there's been some episodes, like some things that it's like, oh, I didn't think that was going to be hard, but whoa. Um, but, you know, just know that this, there's only 2% of Catholics practicing this right now. I think that's shifting. There is, it, people are waking up to just the profound way that we have been lied to in a lot of different ways, the damage that that has caused and the incredible knowledge that we can gain from learning the way that God designed us and the freedom that we can experience once we know that. And this is such an incredible tool to accomplish that. Um, I, I mean, fertility awareness for me, I have not planned my family. <laughs> I'll just say that much. I have two surprise children and I'm now experiencing secondary infertility, but I can tell you that fertility awareness has given me a deep understanding of what I need to work on and, and how to work on it and how to do so gently and to give myself the time that is so countercultural, you know, kind of with what you were talking about, Deanna, like we want a quick fix. It's so fundamental. We don't like pain. Just make it go away. I don't want to sit in this, whatever it is, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, but fertility awareness is like, when you embrace it, you're like, I need to work through this, not work out of it, not work away from it. I need to work through this. And there's a huge community ready to embrace you. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we will put um, the uh, the link in the show notes that you need, really y'all got to check out the, the Instagram, the, the website, um, check out Mary's website, taking back the terms 
Emily's total wine, but especially fan base, um, because y'all, this is going to change the conversation about fertility awareness, um, in the church and beyond. So ooh, getting Holy spirit tingles. I just, I love it. I'm so excited. So, so excited. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, because this is, yeah, we're going to look back on, uh, on the fruits that came out of the craziness of 2020. This is, this is one of them. So Emily, will you, um, close us out with prayer? All right. I got to get my freestyle on. Um, (laughs) okay. In the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for the gift that you have given us in the language of our bodies. It's a difficult language to learn, but you have given us the intellect and the reason to be able to do so. And Father, we ask that your truth is what reigns over us, what speaks through us, what inspires us to pursue you, to grow in love both of ourselves and of others. And to understand that those three loves coexist, love of you, love of ourselves, and love of others. We ask all of this through your most beloved son, Jesus, and through the intercession of his most blessed mother, Mary. Amen. Amen. The Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank y'all so much. Hey, y'all. We just wanted to make sure that you knew about our Advent reading program. This year, we're going to be reading Habits for Holiness by Father Mark Mary Ames. Yes, and I'm so looking forward to this um, as a way to practical steps of growing in holiness and building up good habits for our spiritual life. When you sign up, you will be getting uh, a reading schedule to help break down this book to be read throughout Advent. You will get a reflection booklet. Um, the four weeks in Advent, we're going to be talking about and breaking open this book in our podcast episodes. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to the content and walking this journey with everyone. It'll be great. So go ahead and order your book and stay tuned with how to register. We'll be communicating that through our Facebook group, but also through the St. Philip Institute mailing list. So we'll see you soon.